obviously at the end of 2021, there was 80,000 drivers needed, which is 80,000 um, sitting trucks. And um, in 2030, it's estimated that there will be 160,000 drivers needed with the, you know, ins increase of, you know, consumers and everything like that. Um, so what do you think that this industry as a whole, as well as the U.S. government needs to do to fix this massive supply chain issue with, you know, not having enough drivers? What do you think? What do you think could, um, how do I say this? What do you think they could, because like, obviously I, the ELDs would, would well, help. Well, I have, from an outside perspective, <laughs> I think one of the main things is distinguish in the ELDs is distinguishing between driving and like all working time. Like you said, like waiting for. An unload, yeah. Like I feel like that. That That's kind of BS, isn't it? It would mm -hmm. make even just like that small change would make a massive shift in their hours and when they'd be able to work. A hundred percent. Like, like obviously, Scotty, since you were you know a driver, what do you? What was your like average average live unload, live load time? Like two hours minimum, mostly, right? Uh yeah, around the, around unless you're hauling food. And you got that was the worst. Right, right, right. I can imagine. But you got to think two hours minimum. That's what is that one seventh of your driving time today? So that's, you know, almost 15%, 15% of your it's funny time. to watch your uh, brain work, <laughs> <laughs> the eye movement. But yeah, that's like 15% of your driving time already down the drain. So yeah, I think that's definitely a good, that's definitely a good point. But your question was, how does the government, um, and need to it's is it the government's responsibility to fix this? I think or they're, is they're the ones that ruined it though. They're the ones that ruined it with the ELDs. I think if they just somehow could simplify the ELDs. I don't think it's so much the government run it. I think there's a, a demand. A, we've grown as a population, so it requires more trucks to, to move the product that we are doing. When I was in, there wasn't, if no toilet paper was delivered or unloaded in New York in one day, they would run out. Jeez. So that's how bad it is as far as like, uh, um, a load and the importance of that load getting there. There's so many people in New York that they literally run through the supply and on, on a daily. And so when got to keep it coming in. Right. And so it, it, when I was, I lived in New York and I know when I lived there, there wasn't 33 million people in the city. There right. is now, right. You know, now back then there was probably 20 million mm -hmm. at best, you know, Nashville it's in my lifetime has, substantially grown and the roads haven't gotten any better right so you you're putting um and then in some of these states they have the speed limit less for a trucker than it is for a car right to me that's more dangerous i mean i the cars are the ones that are um swerving. yeah they're swerving around the trucks you've got a 55 mile speed limit or it used to be that way in Ohio for truckers to go up there, but the cars could drive 70. Right. How does that, um, how is there safety in that? Right. I didn't right, right, see right. that. Plus you're slowing down the freight. Right. And the movement of that and the time it takes to cross your state and all, um, it's those things that the law, the government could change uh -huh. the speed limits and that, but you know, like in most of these large cities, they have a, um, HOV lane. 
for mm -hmm. you got to have two people. They should have a lane just for trucks. Mm. It should just just doing by just like a train, mm -hmm. and we should be able to go a hundred miles an hour. <laughs> I love speed. <laughs> um, and I did that in Texas. I'm not uh, that. Isn't that's not it a horse. In Texas, it's seventy five <sighs> on some of the streets. Yeah. Yeah. But it's a daytime. They go down at night, oh. which it should be reversed. But in the daytime, <laughs> the speed limit is faster than it is at night in Texas. Doesn't make much sense. When there's more people on the road, you can drive faster. Mm -hmm. yes. Makes no sense. But yep. you know, it's but if whatever. it's just you, slow down. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. <laughs> yeah. So recently, there uh, there's this new bill that's been proposed. I think. Hold it's, on. Millie, what what do you think about the government aspect? No, oh, gosh. I'm going to do a different perspective on it. I think that even though we've increased as a population, I mean, we are every year. People are being born, babies everywhere. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, with that being said, you know, the driving industry should pick up and go with it. You know, we open right. up more McDonald's, more people are born, more McDonald's get filled up. I think it should be the same thing as that. But kind of like you mentioned, there's an issue. There's something, mm -hmm. there's a gap there because we're not following along the pattern of increasing the trucking industry like it should be with the population. So I think it follows along with the same thing, the ELD. There's so many drivers that left during that time that I think that if we were to simplify that system down a little bit, I'm not saying going back to paper logs, I mean, that would be a dream. But, you know, <laughs> simplify the ELD system a little bit and don't make the truck 62. Have you heard about that? Mm -mm. Yeah, that's something that they're hoping to pass in Congress is, is pushing it as a standard across the U.S. is all trucks is 62. So a lot of truck drivers talking about it. That a lot of a lot of mega carriers do do that because it saves fuel, and I, I'm sure that's that's their whole you know right. environmental protection. But like Scotty said, I mean it's dangerous. You right. know, you're going 62 on a road that goes 75, and, and everyone's going 80. And, and right, yeah. right. I mean, you know, just naturally. And, the thing, and, the, and yeah, that's true. Like it's it's 70. The cars are all going 80, and they're not getting held to the same standard. Because if you're a truck driver and the speed limit 65, and you're going 70. Like you're screwed. That's a that's a violation. Yeah. You know, but right. you know, you you get that you get that buffer zone when you're in a car. Um. So yeah, I definitely think that things have just cracked down on them so much. I think if we gave it, yes, yes, regulations. If we were to free up some of those regulations, or even like I said, just simplify. Even like what you said with the drive time and the on the clock still. If we could just make that better, oh my gosh, you know, there's so many drivers that would be less frustrated with it Absolutely. and leave. You know. Absolutely, and then absolutely. you're going to have to have some of these smaller companies take on these 21-year-olds uh, that are getting out of right. trucking school and giving them, giving trucking industry a better name. It only takes, uh, it's a domino effect. So if Taz started doing 21-year-olds straight out of uh, school and they just got their CDO and they treat them right, unlike some of these other megas, megas and getting the name, uh, it only takes, you know, one 21 year old to be happy. Then they've towed two people and then the, the name, it just starts right. going. Word and, of mouth. And then it changes getting the 18 year olds to want to come or 21 year olds to want to even get their CDL. I see your next question is about 18 year olds. Yeah. So let's, so let's just, um, let's just pivot right into that. So yeah, apparently, apparently <laughs> there's a, there's a new bill. I think it's, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's been passed or what, but they're talking about it and it's supposedly they want to lower the age to try to 
basically get more people into the trucking industry straight out of high school instead of being 21. Because, you know, if you come out of high school and you don't want to, you know, and you don't want to go to college, like, you're not going to be able to drive, right? Because you're not 21. So that's three years. Yeah, that's three years that they can get into a whole different industry. So I feel like with this, um, they're definitely just trying to get more people involved in trucking way earlier. So what do you, what do you guys think about the... You know, obviously they said, um, I think it's like you can get your CDL right when you turn 18 and then you have to have your permit for six months, which is like basically driving with the trainer. Um, and then you can, you know, it's free reign. Go find your own company, do what you want. So what do y'all think? What do y'all think? Do you think that's good for the industry? Or is that a DOT thing or is that an insurance thing? I think that's a DOT thing. I, I think thought you, you could do. always have your driver, uh, your CDL at 18. Well, well I to actually. Go over, to go, if you're inside your own intrastate, state. Right, intrastate right, CDL right. you can have when you're 18. The smartest kid I ever met, he got his intrastate CDL at 18 years old. By the time he turned 21, he took one trip up to the DMV, took him 30 minutes, switched it from intrastate to interstate, was 21 years old with three years of drive experience. Right. So hired by anyone. super smart. Yes. It's really smart to do now dropping it down to 18 for you to get interstate and you're just all 48 States. No, sweetie, you need to take some time in that state of your own right? <laughs> and learn those roads. I mean, that's just my personal opinion. I think we're going to be seeing a lot more accidents, a lot more wrecks and things like that. I mean, we need to have these people a little bit more under controlled. And I think that mm -hmm. we're doing that right now with the interstate, you know, let's watch you and end this little bubble for right now. And then when we trust you, we'll let you go off and leave the uh, State, I know? don't know that we have that much time. If you think about what the average age of 49 and above mm -hmm. being the average driver now, if we wait, I mean, 49, they're only 15 years away from retirement. Uh, retirement. Right. It's going to take 15 years to get enough people to fill those 160s and all those baby boomers that are about to come out of the trucks. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're hiring them now that are 72, 76 years old that are coming back to the truck right. that are wanting to drive again. And so what's better, a 76-year-old out there that's a little slower than an 18-year-old that's learning? I don't know that there's, there's much, much of difference a, yeah, 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 yeah. In, in the risk factor there. That's so, a very good point. And then what I would say to the defense of that is an 18 year old should be with one of those 72-year-olds yes. learning the ropes and also being told how they did it before right? <laughs> so that if EODs break down, they can get some money made. Yes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I definitely think that's a really good point. You know, like I've definitely seen a lot of older drivers are, you know, kind of being forced to stay. I don't want to say forced to stay because obviously, you know, if they want to leave, they can leave, but we're having to bring back all these older drivers because there's just nobody young there's no, there's no 20 somethings that are in trucks these days. They're, you know, at the youngest 30 somethings. Right. So it's, it's, you got to do what you can to, to get your trucks filled, but also at the same time, like that it's, like I said, there's that catch 22 where, you know, somebody's going to be underqualified in the truck and it's going to end up, you know, costing someone a life or costing, you know, somebody an injury or something like that. So it's definitely, it's definitely tough. And that, um, like I said earlier, trucking is a trade. What they're doing locally in like the Warren County schools mm -hmm. is that they're um, labeling the students in eighth grade mm -hmm. and some are college bound and they don't, um, they know that. And then some are trade bound mm -hmm. and they're gearing them toward the kind of trade and giving them the kind of studies that they would need both at um, the trade schools and 
at the high school mm-hmm. or level where they're um, helping them achieve it so that when they're 18, if they're a CNA, they have their um, certificate by the time they graduate. Same thing needs to happen. And the trucking's not thought of right. as one of those trades in those schools. Um, in that, and there's a lot to learn with trucking. There's mapping and there's, you know, there's things that people don't think of math that we use on a daily right. that you kind of have to have a skill mm-hmm. at and memory. Some, you know, in general, learning the roads and right. what each state has. There's a different DOT law for each state. Oh, yeah. It's crazy on, on what you have to have. But those are things that could be if we had a class in those schools that were gearing those students toward that. They don't do that right now. No, and I exactly. know because I'm on one of those boards. Yeah, like exactly what you said. But I think I think a benefit of that would be to drop the age to 18 so that way you know, they could, you know, do simulator classes, mm-hmm. right? Where, they, where they're driving a truck, where they're learning how to back up a trailer, where they're doing all these things. But, you know, obviously right now it's 21. So even if they graduate and they have that certificate and let's say, you know, a simulator program where they have to, you know, do a load and unhook it and back up, back up a trailer and everything, um, they'd still have to wait that three years to, to be able to go over the road and actually start making real money. Because, I mean, if you're in, if you're intrastate in Kentucky, like, how, how many miles are you going to get a week? How many, like, I mean, unless you're in, like, California or Texas or one of these big states, you're not going to be really be able to be pumping pumping that money um, unless, you're, unless you're over the road driving on interstates, you know. Uh, we had John, one of our local drivers here, and he was uh, – telling us about some horror stories. And obviously, since he works with Taz Trucking for four years, he has no horror stories because we're amazing. But uh, what do you guys, uh, obviously, since you guys, since Scotty, you've been, you know, a truck driver for 16 years. And Millie, you've obviously talked to hundreds of drivers on the phone. Um, what are some what are some horror stories you guys have heard about the trucking industry and, you know, um, just being a truck driver as a, as a whole? Well, it's always broken promises. That's always the biggest one that I can remember for myself. And then um, there's just, I don't know what horror stories y'all were talking about. You're talking about experiences out on the road, or are you talking about like the horror stories from the actual lies or the deceit? Everything, that everything, everything. It can be, companies. it can be, it can be, you know. When I was driving, there was, GPS was being invented. It was being invented. Right. So let's, so when GPS first started, it wasn't geared toward trucks and oh. it would take you the shortest route, which oh. means you would come across a 12 foot bridge. Oh. And, um, I did that in New York and was a mile on a road and had to back a mile up <laughs> from a road and get a police escort and a mile's worth of traffic had to turn around <laughs> to get me out of a, um, a situation or I was going to lose my trailer. Yeah. You're going to cut the top. You're going to get a convertible truck. <laughs> so that was, that was a horror story. Cause I was, I, that was my first time in New York as a truck driver. Wait, hold on. Can we, can, can you elaborate a little bit on that? How did, how did that, how did that even like come to fruition? Like, how did you, how did you come up to the, did you see the sign that said 12 foot bridge? There was no sign. It was GPS. I did GPS cause I'm, I had always been on top of electronics and right. I had tech it. savvy. Yeah. And it was, coming my way and I was taking the shortest route I was going to make it on time 
Lord, it was a mess. That's all I can say. It was a true mess. Wait, so how did you um how did you figure out that you couldn't pass through the bridge then if there was no sign? Or did you just were you just like that? Well, I like was looking bridge. at the bottom right. of the I mean, I was literally <laughs> right here at the windshield of the truck. The truck was thirteen feet six inches and it's twelve feet. And it took my head off, not just the top of the truck. That was one experience. And then the other is uh, you know, oftentimes even on these um uh, um, the interstate, not all signs tell you that when you're taking this exit, that it's one way, Ugh. right? So I'm in Savannah, Georgia, and I took the exit that I was supposed to take, and it took me onto the brick roads. Oh. <laughs> and, it, it, and so I drove, and my truck is so tall, the trees were over the road right, right. and I took them all down <laughs> so and I had to have a choice and I got a police escort again oh my God. to take me through the neighborhood of the mansion <laughs> in Savannah to get me out and then they got me on these bridges and this policeman is I'm eight I'm 79,000 pounds Oof. and the bridge says 10,000 pound weight limit <laughs> and he's taking me across this bridge I said are, are we gonna he said, it'll hold you. I do it every day. <laughs> and then it went from one bridge. I do it every day. Yeah. And so truckers do it every day. I don't know how the trees su survived. <laughs> um, and so that was, you know, that was, that was my two horror stories, you know, out there outside of just normal stuff that happened at um, truck stops and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's hilarious. So how did you, what did, what did you have to do? You just had to pull over and be like, all right, like I'm going to need a car. It was a one-way street. I couldn't pull over. And then it was brick. I was afraid. I mean, it was a historic district. Right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> You're driving 80,000 pounds over a historic road. Like cobblestone streets, literally like driving down to Rome. Just history. So Jesus those Murphy. are the things that I look, uh, I would expect to hear as a recruiter from 18-year-olds. Right, you know, right, right. I was young. Right. I wasn't that young, but I was young in the industry. And I, it was all about, you know, that that was pre-GPS, mm -hmm. the, the Savannah incident. And so for me, it was just learn, you know, don't listen to people at the shipper or receiver. Mm -hmm. You know, you would call, they give you directions. They too give you car directions. They don't give you trucker directions. And right. that's a big issue with trucks you know you can't just flip a truck around no it you just can't. doesn't happen no, and you see that every day they try <laughs> and then they end up in ditches i mean how many times right down there from taz on the the coming like right there by warehouser right or, right right, uh, right, right. paper they try to go right mm -hmm. on that road and they can't they flip their trailers i've seen it done at least 10 times in my lifetime jesus um it's just things like that because we're we don't think in a mindset of a normal you know normal people don't think of an 18 wheeler giving them directions they just right. think how they get there right and that that can be um a bad situation for a driver mm -hmm. and put them in a predicament like i've been in and then they end up having to call a cop it's a good thing that you know, cops are not all bad. Right, you know, they right. don't beat you down because your truck went down a street. One, I mean, you're hauling the stuff they need for their right. community. And that's what I just, I didn't get a ticket. I just was, it was a nerve wracking situation. I can imagine backing a truck up for a mile straight. Like even, even backing a trailer up in and of itself is, is hard, but a mile down a busy 
populated street just sounds like hell. And I did it like at 20 miles an hour too. (laughs) You're just. (laughs) Do you ever see the one video? It was the same exact situation. It was a guy. It was like this road that came to a fork. Yeah, probably would have been. But it was this truck and he was trying to fork himself in and he got stuck, obviously. And it was a TikTok. Somebody was like taking the video. It was like two hours, four hours. By the time they were four hours in, somebody came with a grill. Then there was like five cars all backed up waiting for this guy. He was still trying to back it up. They had the grill out. Somebody put a picnic table out. It was like six (laughs) hours in. The guy's still backing up. Then they've got a family reunion over here in the corner next to the grass, like on the road. Oh, my God. It was the funniest video. But I, it had to take him, like, I think it said 10 hours before he was actually able to get out there and he had to have the police come to him. I don't know why he didn't call them to start with, but they had a whole cookout, like, he in the scared. middle of... <laughs> he was scared to get a ticket. That's what it is, 100%. You think so? Yeah, 100%. I've never been scared for that. Really? No, um, and I don't know that... The only thing I ever got was speeding tickets, but outside of, like, just other... Uh, for doing things like that, mm-hmm. uh, the Savannah people, I can give them kudos. They were... I mean, that cop was really nice, and he escorted me with his lights on. Oh, what a guy. Yeah, so he was a good guy. The guy in New York, I mean, they worked their derriere off that day (laughs) because, I mean, they had to move like 36 cars, I think, was behind me. That and it was and New York is not a um, a slow paced city. No, no, it's and not. So, uh, they, had they didn't like it from behind the door. It was the craziest thing you ever see. But it worked out, and I didn't get a ticket for that either. I didn't destroy their bridge. I guess they could be thankful for yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I think it would have been. I think it would have been a lot more trouble if you ended up going through that bridge for <laughs> you. <think>. No, they would have shut that bridge down for all day. Nobody would have gotten through. If, if, if he didn't back it up. Well, I always had this sticker on the side of my window that said, that was a lizard with a, um, uh, a, a, a no sign <laughs> on it. Um, and unfortunately, you know, you have your happy hour ladies and gentlemen that work the truck stops and they would come around knocking on the doors. Is that a good way of saying it, right? <laughs> Perfect. Uh, Where'd you have happy the hour ladies. <laughs> They sell them at the It's a lizard with a no across it. Like, don't knock on my door. <laughs> and they called them lot lizards. So yeah. yeah, I've heard I've heard several lot lizard stories from some of our drivers. It's uh it's definitely one of the it's definitely one of the unique parts of the trucking industry. Yeah. <laughs> Millie. Needs are always met. I've got yeah. one truck stop. <laughs> this um this guy. Um, doesn't work for us. He actually works for us now, but this was when he worked for a, an other company. Mm-hmm. Um, he was going into the truck stop and he said, you know, I know it's common for you to get robbed at truck stops, but you never think it's going to happen to you. Right. So right. he noticed this lady in his rearview mirror that was following him. He said it had to be for like 30 minutes down the road. She's following him in and out of traffic and stuff. He pulls over into the truck stop and he sees her turn in Oof. He doesn't think anything of it. He was like, maybe she had to stop here too, you know, just after following me this whole time. So he goes to open up his truck door and gets out and he feels like a big bump and he gets pushed into both of the seats, you know, like in between both of the big seats. And she like bumped herself in. She sat in the driver's seat and she's like fondling through his pockets, like trying to find his wallet. And he's talking to her, like trying to tell her, get out of my truck. And he was like, I, you know, I'm a big man. He said, I couldn't get up. He was like, I was stuck right here between the two armrests. And he was like, my hands were stuck. So he's like this. And she's 
fondling his pockets <laughs> trying to get his wallet. <laughs> and he was like, well, she was a big girl too. And he said she finally found it, you know, and climbed herself down the truck and closed his door like a, like a lady. <laughs> never seen it, never since. Had to get a new wallet and everything. But he said ever since then, he always, che- like, always checks out the window before he opens his door. Now, <laughs> all he did was open it and she grabbed it and scoop bumped him into the middle of the seat that's crazy <laughs> that sounds that sounds definitely like a common occurrence at truck right. stops always check out your windows yeah 100 percent. have you guys heard of any spooky like ghost stories or anything scary trucking related um no i mean i've been in a situation where i was in st louis and at the time i didn't know the good side or the bad side i just went to my shipper and receivers and I'm sitting at uh, one of the receivers and I'm parked on the street. A cop comes up and knocks on my door and tells me that I can't park there. I said, there's no signs that say I can't park there. And it's three o'clock in the morning. She said, and it was a female cop. She said, you won't have a load in the morning if you stay here. Oh. Because I'm in a part of town where they just cut the locks off and steal you blind while you sleep. And so, I mean, that's scary in itself because I didn't even <laughs> yeah. realize I was in the middle uh, and I, where this receiver was was in the middle of two different gangs and so like that was that one stretch between the buffer the, zone yeah that was like the Hatfield and McCoy's line you know right, I mean? right right and right. uh so uh, I was I didn't scare me I just backed my I said well I'll just back my trailer doors up so that they can't and Open I backed him up to right, a telephone right, right. pole. She let she guided me all the way to the telephone pole. <laughs> I was like within that far <laughs> away from it. So there was no way they could steal it. And I went to sleep because I wasn't moving. Right, right. I, right. It was 3 a.m. <laughs> but that's crazy. So um got a fun fact. Go ahead. Um most of the serial killers that go uncaught and that get caught later down the road. Most likely they are truck drivers. They turn out to be truck drivers. There was a huge case caught up in Canada of it was this along this one highway. Giving truck drivers a bad name. Yeah. <laughs> Not a bad that no. <laughs> no, she's just giving. Just watch who you're killers. driving next to. That's what I'm saying. Well, you if never you're going to go there, most serial killers have acne scars. Figure that one out. Oh, how do we get a statistic report on that? Because uh, I studied it in college. Wow. <laughs> Is that in criminology? Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I want to say thank you guys for um, for coming in today. Yeah, it's it was been fun. Yeah, it was a, it was thank a lot of guys. fun. A lot of good stories. A lot of good uh, a lot of good information that a lot we of covered. Giggles. A lot of giggles. <laughs> Love me some giggles. Um, but yeah, thank you guys. I also want to give a quick shout out to VidMonster Productions. Hey. And uh, yeah, signing off. This has been Tascast. Thank you guys. Bye. Bye. Also, you can find Tascast on all platform streaming podcasts. Thank you.